0: everybody and welcome back to the w t f1 podcast post sprint podcast i don't even said podcast i was like post sprint edition that's what i usually say edition welcome everybody we are here to reflect on what happened at austria it's saturday it feels like sunday we've had a race sprint race weekend I hope you remembered that it's a sprint race weekend and you didn't lose or forget or not see qualifying yesterday. Uh, But we're here. And, uh, of course, you may well notice that uh, there isn't a Tommy Bellingham, the WTF1 founder. He has uh, disappeared. But we have got a better replacement, if I'm being completely honest with you. The WTF1 author, Katie Fairman.
1: I'm going to well up. Thanks so much. That was such a lovely introduction.
0: No problem. No problem. Made it up on the spot. Both got the
1: sack, though, for slagging off Tommy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Tommy can try and sack me. Bring it on. Oh (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah we've also got uh twitch watching us live as well so uh welcome to our twitch viewers uh thank you for for coming along if you haven't seen our twitch yet it's wtf1 official uh, but here we are let's talk about what happened and before the race even begun katie we need oh. to talk about a certain fernando alonso and also joe guanyu had uh, some engine problems but mainly fernando alonso because uh, he actually couldn't start the race and it was a weird look wasn't it where We saw Fernando Alonso and the camera was looking at him. We were like, oh, there's Fernando in P8. Oh, no, he's got his tyre blankets on. So they ran out of time, tried to fix it and couldn't.
1: Yeah, a really unusual start. Just typical luck for Fernando Alonso. Like he battled with a damaged floor in qualifying yesterday. Still managed P8. The Alpines looked quick all weekend. So we thought, yep, the sprint, guy's going to be on it no so he's uh, spoken to media after the race and said that five minutes before the start they had a blackout in the car and they could not switch on the car they tried to fire up with an external battery but it wouldn't work either so there's something bigger going on there and let's try and fix it for tomorrow but yeah he got wheeled into the pit lane because we had to have an additional formation lap they aborted the start and then as you mentioned like we kind of just came to the end of the the another formation lap and then guan Zhou had an issue so it just seemed like the sprint just didn't want to get started. Um, but a real pain for Fernando because, as we said, that Alpine was looking pretty quick, even in FP2. I know can't really count FP2 as anything because we'd already had Quali, and it was kind of just a random session in the day. But um, they were at both of the Alpines were in the top five there, so real unlucky,
0: really unlucky, and it just continues. For Fernando Alonso to have problems he's had many issues with that Alpine this year and it poses the question how much more is he going to deal with this this is Fernando Alonso he is not afraid to burn a bridge or two so I do wonder if this continues on you know he's got a decent car under him but if he's not being given a car that can start races or you know whatever problems in Australia qualifying as, as one example he's going to get frustrated and I'm sure, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall or even a fly in the cockpit when his car wouldn't turn on. Uh, but this is Fernando Alonso. He doesn't deal with this sort of stuff very well. And it does He's pose a so question. Will he start sniffing around other teams for a couple of years? It could easily happen if a team would take him, but I'm not sure He'd what team would take him. McLaren. <laughs> McLaren, I don't think would take him. That would him. be
1: so but funny. Personally, you imagine every- that. Bridge at McLaren possible. I mean, imagine just guys back. Hey guys. Hey guys.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I said uh, all those things about you, uh, but no, it's it is uh it is really frustrating for Alonso. Of course, he had problems in qualifying as well. He had a damaged car, I think, due to his floor being slightly damaged. I think it was, uh, which okay. affected his pace. And it's just he just cannot get any good luck this year, Fernando. It's such a shame. Um, so, yeah, he couldn't start the race, which was, uh, yeah, I, you were hoping for a, a lovely little top five, weren't you, Katie, uh, for for yes. Alonso, but uh, that yeah, yeah. that did not come to fruition. Uh, then, obviously, the race started, and there was uh, a very similar sort of crash, but obviously a lot less, uh, was it less speed? Probably a little bit less speed, um, as what we saw in British Grand Prix. Between Hamilton and Gasly, the the Mercedes tagging the left rear of of Gasly, the car going up, but thankfully, you know, not not upside down or anywhere near that. And another sort of pincer moment, which just seems to be happening quite a bit in Formula One. Uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the fact that these cars are wider. I think Danny Rick actually said that the visibility yeah. is a lot worse in these cars because of there's bits on you know, his wheel covers and all that good stuff on the cars that the visibility is just getting worse and worse so perhaps there is something uh, to be said about that of course we haven't seen it so much before the british grand prix but it's happened twice now in succession and uh yeah a shame for for gasly hamilton obviously carried on unscathed uh but yeah you yeah. just don't like to see crashes like that
1: you don't like you say so many similarities to last weekend's crash involving a Mercedes, involving an Alpha Tauri. Um, but like you say, much much nicer result from it all. Unless I guess you're Pierre Gasly, who got spun and just had another shocker of a of a sprint and a race. He's really, just not having much luck at all this year. Um, so when you think about this time last year, he was like banging in top five quality results when his car should probably not have been there. And this year he just seems to be on a very slippery slope, but he's signed on for another year with AlphaTauri, So at least he hasn't got to worry about like performance and getting a contract for next year and such. But yeah, really unusual um, crash. I, I, as you say, I don't know why we've seen two so similar within such a sort, short space of one another. Um, but yeah, perhaps maybe it's a visibility, the characteristics of like, first corner both go into a right like hand turn but then we've literally raced at so many circuits like this this year so I'm really just like grasping at straws here as to why we've seen two that are really similar and it's just unfortunate maybe it's just coincidence
0: yeah it maybe uh, is. It, it could easily be that way but it is interesting that Danny Rick said about the visibility in the car mm-hmm. uh, this weekend um, so yeah next up was uh, a big moment in the race was, was obviously Carlos signs getting a great start Uh, getting past Charles Leclerc, who was pinched to the inside uh, by Verstappen uh, that allowed Carlos to sweep all the way around the outside, get up to P2. Then he had a great run on Verstappen as well and uh, tried to attack him around the outside at turn three, went a bit wide, messed it up ever so slightly, which then allowed Leclerc back uh, to be fighting him. Then Charles sent it up the inside and got the position, but then Carlos was properly on the uh, aggressive in the first few laps and sort of approached the race slightly differently, it looked like, because uh, Carlos mentioned, of course, after fighting Leclerc and being close to the Ferrari, that he may have overheated those, those mediums. And we saw him drop off uh, from his teammate uh, in the middle part of the race, whereas Charles was saying he was managing the tyres a bit more and trying not to, to, to take too much life out of them at the start. So that allowed Carlos to really get uh, on the back of, uh, of Charles. And we saw some very tight racing, didn't we? I was wincing. Watching those two go wheel to wheel. And Benotto, I think, said on the run up to this weekend, they are free to fight, which, if you're Mm. a neutral, that's brilliant to watch.
1: I was there rubber man's together.
0: If you're a me,
1: pulling out his hair.
0: (laughs) If you're a me, uh, and obviously a a big, not a fanboy, just passionate for Charles Leclerc, you're wondering why why are they allowing this when Verstappen's just trotting off out in front? And there's no problems. It makes no sense from a Ferrari standpoint to allow that to happen. They did allow it to happen. It was fair, hard racing. It definitely put them in a little bit of a little bit of danger, let's say that, but they got out unscathed and I guess it was good entertainment.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're Ferrari, maybe they're just like, everyone always jokes that we don't have strategy anyway, so let's just like let our drivers fight and not care about the potential outcome there um great great for us to watch unless you are part of the Teposi or you're yeah science or a Leclerc fan or whatever um but yeah really testing the two of them not to throw toys out the pram or you know have a collision because we know that Leclerc and Carlos they get on well together. I'm not trying to paint some sort of drive to survive. These two hate each other's guts. They want them out of the picture, all this kind of stuff. They're teammates in Formula One. Naturally, they're going to want to beat the other one. Like, that's just F1, 101. But, um, yeah, after Leclerc was had a British Grand Prix victory, essentially snatched from underneath him, and Carlos... You know, someone argued maybe he didn't deserve to win the British Grand Prix, but he did do it. He didn't bottle it. He took the car to the checker flag and he won it. And I think there have been several instances where Carlos deserved a victory and he hasn't got it. So I think I'm happy for him. But um, there's got to be a lot of built up tension. And especially for Charles, you know, he's had so many things not go his way, whether that's reliability issues, whether that's just poor calls from the team strategy um, guys and girls so I think it's very brave of Ferrari just to let both of their drivers do what they need to do potentially risk wiping both of them out in a sprint to get what like seven and six points each I think it's a fairly crazy thing to do but at the same time as an F1 fan I having it (laughs) (laughs) offering great um great entertainment and maybe that's just the angle I'm going for now they're like we want people to see our sponsors so we'll just like not put any rules in place hope these two talented respectful drivers are that and they don't send one of the others into the gravel and hope for the best and that's kind of what we saw and then science inevitably kind of just like backed off a little bit and it was just like a fairly solid two three position and yeah, I'm sorry, that was such a long answer. I really got into it.
0: <laughs> That's okay. No, we love a bit of Katie Passion. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, maybe, <laughs> just so hard to watch, but it was it was fine. It was uh, good entertainment and uh, they didn't come together. Uh, I think if they came together, those two could easily have fireworks. We haven't seen that yet. And I hope we don't see it this season because that could be very, very bad. Uh, but yeah, uh, good stuff mom, from them. That
1: would be funny. Oh my
0: God, of all places. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Verstappen's teammate now, Sergio Perez, who had to fight back from 13th after making that qualifying mistake, which the FIA penalised him for, even though they messed up him just being cut out of Q2 anyway. It was very odd and that obviously affected Gasly through their human error, which was uh, obviously a bit of a shame for him, but um, yeah, Perez came back through very nicely indeed, had a very good start, got up to P8 very early and then was fighting the two Hasses. And managed to do a, a beautiful little move on Mick, who was kind of trying to get through on K Mag at the time, and uh, just dived up the inside of uh, of 10 number three. So, which was yeah, lovely stuff from from Perez. And after that, it was very easy pickings for him to get through on K Mag and then eventually Ocon as well. Uh, so yeah, Perez very much in the in the sort of fight now. Uh, tomorrow, he'll have to dispatch of Russell if he wants to have any sort of chance of of getting on the podium. But P five much better. Uh, from where he was and it just again allows this sprint sprint race allows people to make up for their poor qualifying and Perez has been someone to to make the most of that format
1: very much so yeah I mean Perez with the sprint he's been so hit or miss with it like Silverstone when we had the first sprint it's a long way ago it was nearly a year ago when he made a mistake and sent him, he, I forget where he was, like P4, P5 or something. And he ends up dro- dropping right to the back of the grid and then come Sunday had to have another recovery drive and stuff like that. But yeah, Checo, we've seen it countless times over the year, like Zambolt being another great example of him fighting his way from near the back, even British Grand Prix, like literally last weekend from the back of the grid up into P2. So we know that the guy is great at attacking and defending when needs be um so yeah i think he'll be very happy with that but once again he'll probably just be frustrated at the whole situation that put him p13 in the first place which was that the fia for some reason couldn't use their eyeballs and see that he had gone over the track limits um and then put him through to q3 let him waste his tyres and then two hours after say actually we're going to delete your lap time from that 17 and then also all of your laps in Q3 so yeah I think he probably just had a little bit of fire in his belly um and once Checo is on a charge there ain't no stopping him unless your match was (laughs) happening.
0: I think your uh your fangirl just came out there a little bit that was uh, yeah No, but he is very good at getting, coming back through the field. Obviously, he won his uh, race in, in Bahrain by coming back through the field after being punted. Uh, in uh, yeah, it, that was just uh, an unbelievable drive. Um, so yeah, Perez once again, uh, back through the field and uh, in the mix uh, tomorrow. Uh, speaking of him, obviously he, he, fought, he fought the Hasses, as did Lewis Hamilton as well. Uh, slightly different uh, in terms of how long it went on for. Uh, Mick doing a wonderful defensive drive. And eventually, unfortunately, getting passed by Hamilton with only a few laps to go. Now, I want to talk about what they could have done differently here, because yeah. Mick obviously got caught out by a very nice move from Perez. Uh, the two hasses were then looking like they were working very well together in P7 and P8, holding back Hamilton uh, in P9, who just couldn't get the run that he needed uh, with uh, the, obviously the Ferrari engine in the back of that hass. They were pretty quick and obviously with the use of DRS as well for Mick. Uh, he was able to hold, hold off Hamilton. Uh, but for them, whatever reason, uh, K-Mag, of course, Mick is trying to defend from Hamilton. And with that, Mick then loses DRS from K-Mag. And you'd think one, common sense would probably kick in if you're K-Mag. And two, the Hass, would be, the Hass team would be on the blower going, Kevin, slow down. Like you're, you're out of DRS now of Mick. Mick doesn't have DRS to defend from Hamilton. And he never did. He never slowed down. So I think it's partly on KMAG for not really understanding what was going on, although I'm sure he has mirrors and knows what was going on behind him. Uh, and also, I understand he's trying to defend P7, but you could quite clearly see this DRS train was working very well. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm... Um, Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed from Haas not doing that because I genuinely believe, and there's a question from Ben's Master Tech, would Mick be able to hold off Lewis if he stayed within DRS from KMAC? I think so, 100%. I think Mick had him covered. But unfortunately, without that DRS and that extra bit of uh, straight line speed, Hamilton was able to get on the back of him uh, and then uh, eventually dive up the inside into turn number four. So I think a little bit of a missed opportunity for Haas, but still a couple of points and I'm sure they'll be happy with it.
1: Yeah, very much so. Sorry, my eyes have just um, risen because I've just seen some breaking news. What's that? The Sebastian Vessel has been summoned to the stewards because he, for his behaviour at a driver's meeting. Is that it? What? That's it. But like, what? He's been summoned to the students for his behaviour and drivers meeting. Well, wow, said, what's he said? I really want to know. Oh, um, but okay, I, I feel bad because I've just dropped that like freaking thing, jam, and yeah. then when now we're talking about hass. But yeah. Um, I'm, let me see if I can pull up the stewards notes so yeah we here. need yes. to
0: we need to share share that just, tea if we
1: uh just says, sebastian vettel alleged breach of the article 12.2 point1 f um which is uh, yeah behavior at the driver's meeting at what's he done 30 so wow. that would have been yesterday
0: maybe he's opened his B hotel because he's really not happy and they've all just swarmed oh. around uh, uh, some of the stewards Actually. perhaps I don't know but um oh
1: God. I maybe
0: did, did Albon get penalised for hitting Vettel he did.
1: off? His five, his five second came off at the end. So so he got, no, there
0: was, he, had he had a five second it. before that, I think, did he not? I okay. felt like there was... But with
1: Lando, one...
0: Lan, yeah. La, Lando.
1: <laughs> I was like, Lando. Uh. Lando. Lan, <laughs> Lando, not so he, Nando. So
0: he didn't get a penalty for the Vettel contact then. Maybe that's where... Maybe
1: not. Maybe but that's this was where... from yesterday. This, oh,
0: yesterday's.
1: The driver's meeting is from yesterday. It's from 1930. and mean, it's only five... 25 oh. in Austria at the moment, so that must have been from yesterday. Wow, and they have their Friday driver's briefing.
0: Well, keep an eye on Pop WTF on him. socials and uh, the website for uh, yeah. more breaking news on that one,
1: very um, much so. Um, but yeah, Mick has been speaking to the media as well, and he's also not very happy from the sounds of it, saying that yeah, he would have been able, he would have been fine if Kevin had just stuck within DRS. But I mean, if you're Kevin, we talked about this on the watch along, if you're Kevin you're out for yourself and if he can hold onto the position and not get overtaken, then that's fine. But yeah, you've also got to remember you're part of a team and it's a bit of a team game, I guess, in some aspects of it. Um, and yeah, I'm amazed that nobody from Hass was on the blower being like, Kevin, what are you doing? Back up. Let Mick stay in DRS. Yeah. Mick even asked for
0: it, didn't he? Mick yeah, even asked for it. I
1: like, adios amigo. Um, see you later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He, I don't know woo. what.
1: Woo. Why did he, I don't
0: woo. know what. Um, was that him whoa, I've the been
1: drinking water? But this <laughs> sprint clearly has got me all worked uh,
0: up. Oh, uh, love it. Love it. Um, other talking points from the sprint uh, Ricardo was on the uh, the team radio yeah, asking to be let through on, well. uh, on Lando Norris, which was uh, interesting. Obviously, a, a strong performance from Danny Rick. Uh, I wonder if there's some uh, problems still with Lando's car. I'm not sure, but Danny Rick definitely. Because um, obviously Lando had problems with uh, with his brakes yesterday. Don't know if that would be a uh, would have been an overnight fix. Uh, but Danny Rick was was behind his teammate, and yeah, a, a stronger performance uh, than what uh, than what he showed. Why well, say that he was? They were 15th and 16th on the grid. But as we said, like Lando was uh, was struggling and three tenths clear in Q one. Um, but yeah, better better from Danny Rick.
1: It was. But at the same time, like, I adore Daniel Cardo with my whole heart, my whole being. I think he's so lovely. And I know that he is a fantastic racing driver. But at the same time, how many races can you come to in 2022 and be like, so yeah, there was a problem with the car and then never kind of really allude to what that problem was. He did it after Monaco. He's doing it now after Silverstone. I know that he had some DRS issues and stuff, but it seems like every weekend there just seems to be another nuisance with the McLaren and it it does cause me deep stress (laughs) because I am concerned like I've always laughed it off and been like McLaren are not the kind of team that are just gonna like ditch a driver like especially with Daniel Ricciardo he's got such a reputation in this sport as time goes on Matt I am becoming less and less confident that that is actually like true and I really think that He's at a serious risk of being gotten rid of, and it makes me so sad because I don't want him to go. But at the same time, he's not putting in the performances. Like, it's all very well saying, I'm quicker than Lando, let me pass. Babe, that's Formula One. You've got to pass yourself. You can't just expect people to get out the way. It's not a good time to be a Ricardo fan, I'll tell you now. No,
0: it's really not. Uh, but like, it was a stronger performance, and we'll see what he can do uh, tomorrow. Um, but yeah its uh, it is sad to see uh, the slight demise of uh, of Danny Rick and, and what we thought he was able to do in a Formula One car. Uh, next up Alex Alban we kind of just mentioned it because there was some news about Vettel sharing some terrible things he said or something yesterday or the FIA want to investigate him
1: you um, can't you can't slate the FIA I know that to he's say anything the- bad. You're not. So unless he's really had a go at the FIA about something yesterday. Mm. But at the same time, he's not said it publicly. He's said it in theory in a safe space in Clearly the driver's seat. But no, there's maybe there's a snake within the drivers. They've been like recording it and they've sent it to
0: Oh my God, imagine know. that would
1: so that
0: would be like keeping up with the Kardashians kind of uh, gossip and uh, craziness, wouldn't it? Um so yeah, Alban crashed into Vettel. Uh, he also got a five-second penalty for running uh, Norris off the track. So Alban, unfortunately, yes, he, he had a great start. He was up to P10 on the softs and he was looking pretty pretty strong. Uh, but then, yeah, just got involved in some incidents around Austria, which is not the first time uh, he's been involved uh, with, with that. And, uh, yeah, didn't end up finishing uh, anywhere near the top 10. I think he's like 15th or 16th. So unfortunate for Albin. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, looking feisty at the start. We've got some questions from uh, some of the Twitch chat. They're watching, uh, along live at uh, Sam K underscore 99 says I'm of a Stappen mega fan, but I really think the flares are becoming a safety hazard and the FIA uh, needs to do something about it. I think the flares are getting a little bit out of hand too. Uh, we saw it in Zanvor and we saw it again at the end of that race visibility is everything and just because it's the end of the race when they all pop most of their flares although to be fair some of them po- popped it through qualifying and when the cars are still on track it's something that can definitely be a danger uh, if someone's gone off and visibility is not as great you know drivers have to be completely and utterly aware of their surroundings as much as i love flares i love the atmosphere i love when people cheer and things like that i'm not sure if flares are really the way to go and I don't obviously they do try and police it I don't think flares are allowed at Formula One events but it's like that they appear to video just get to the bouncer in. yeah that's the exactly bike. the guy that yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The audio listeners is not going to understand that at all but yeah like just not properly checking through stuff yeah, but I mean true. even at Silverstone last week like didn't have proper bag checks or anything so I'm not surprised things get snuck into these races but yeah I think it's pretty dangerous there was and i still can't get to the bottom of it so if anybody watching on the twitch chat knows pop it in the in the chat but there were double yellows in sector four after the sprint and i'm wondering if that's something related to do with the flares but it might it might literally might not be anything it might have been somebody saw a bit of debris on the track and a marshall's gone to the track and retrieved it but um yeah i find them like they're good for the atmosphere and stuff but at the Ocon same time stopped, apparently Oh, okay thank you if you literally like have your visibility affected from it and it's the same with when f1 do all these firework displays tommy did an opinion piece on it on the website last year where i forget where it was like mexico maybe or brazil when f1 send like a whole line of fireworks off and it's just a bit much last year in austria actually when kimmy and seb came together Loads of people were setting off flares. It was a great party atmosphere. And then you'd be, like, forgiven for confusing the actual smoke or, like, them where the gravel had been disturbed and it kicked up a plume of smoke. I don't know what it's called. Dust. Um, <laughs> dust. <laughs> dust, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I'm washed. I can't be a writer anymore. I can't even remember what the word for dust is. And... um yeah you'd be forgiven for thinking oh maybe it's just another flare but actually there had been an accident that had kicked up a lot of dust um so yeah i don't know will f1 ever do anything about it probably not it looks good for the tv cameras no
0: i mean it does look good on the tv cameras and it looks good at like football matches and stuff but football matches they're not running at 200 miles an hour and you know there's there's high levels of danger uh, involved Mm -hmm. in, in formula one so yeah i'm not i'm i think it could easily get very bad very quickly and if a lot of them get set off in the middle of the race or at the start of the race. We could have a red flag. So, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to be a, a party pooper or anything. But I think flares is where it kind of you know, where the line is. To be honest, I don't mind. You know, if they want to have those fog foghorn things and vuvuzelas, I think they were called from the yeah, World Cup a few years ago. Been, uh, Stuff like that. You know, getting the atmosphere that way and sound is absolutely fine. But yeah, visibility stuff, I think, is a, a little bit too far. Uh, Another question from QT Declan. Is the sprint race setting the starting grid for Sunday's race too extreme, considering you could get DNF'd by other drivers? Now, we were talking about this in the live Twitch watch along. And for all those that hate gimmicks, you probably want to turn off now. Uh, But I don't see this as a gimmick, really. But I would love to see the sprint race weekend be Friday, just as we had it, qualifying. But that qualifying will be for Sunday's race. Saturday will be a reverse top eight, top 10 of the starting grid that we got uh, on Friday. Uh, and I think that would work a treat. It's pretty much what Formula Two do, if not to the T, what Formula Two do. Uh, and I think that's a tried and tested way of providing some entertainment in a way in which people will tune in. If you if you reverse the top eight and they're looking for viewing figures, 100% people are tuning in. If you've got a blooming K mag on pole, you're absolutely watching that race. Uh, so I, I would at least want to try it. That's what Formula 1 are all about. The problem is, and I think this is where I'm sure it has been um, theorised and they've sp- spoken about it, the teams have to agree to it. And I highly doubt the Mercedes, the Red Bulls, the Ferraris of this world would agree to starting 8th, 10th if they've got pole uh, on Friday. So I probably think that's where the, the stumbling block is. But I think that needs to be pushed through anyway, personally. Just for
1: us. Please. I know the FI and the F1, big fans of us, (laughs) all the positive things we're always saying, but um, yeah, I think that would be the thing that the sprint is missing. And I said it on the watch along, like if they actually did that, then I'd be so game for having the sprint at like half the races, if they actually did like a reverse grid element to it. Um, And yeah, that's definitely going to get like bums on seats. And I mean, fortunately F1 is in a, a lucky position at the moment where like everything is sold out just because the F1 mania is just so intense and through Drive to Survive or people not being able to go to Grand Prix for so long because of the pandemic, everyone is just desperate to see an F1 car. Even if you just go for the Friday, like the experience is enough to, you know, you're happy. It's not like a few years ago where grandstands are literally empty. Nobody wants to come and watch practice. Unfortunately, people didn't care too much about like the F2 or the F3, but it's all flipped around now and everyone is just hysterical about F1 and that's awesome. Mm. But um, will they do it? I don't think so. I think the sprint is already, they're kind of tiptoeing already on like disrupting what is seen as tradition, and you know, well, it's been this way for so many years, and that kind of thing. I think adding the reverse grid element would just tip it over the edge. And I don't think F1 are willing to take that risk and that gamble yet. But it's a shame because, in theory, I think it would be absolutely wicked. But um yeah, I do think as well the fact that the last, I'd say, argue the last three sprints have been really good, but that's because in every single one we've had like a driver that's coming from the back, whether that's mm-hmm. Hamilton in Brazil. Um, trying to think who was at the starting near the back in Imola but I'm sure there was somebody that probably had a drama and tried to fight their way through um, oh and it was raining and it the, yeah it was raining for the qualifying so then the sprint was all in a weird order I think is how it sort of made its way to be decent and then this race the same but
0: yeah because most yeah. of the action we saw today was Hamilton out of position and Perez out of position mm. and Albon kind of out of position I guess because he was further ahead than where he should have been but like yeah mainly Hamilton and Perez were the ones we saw. Of course, Carlos and Charles were fighting as well. But the main things were the two drivers. Hamilton crashed, Perez got a penalty, and we got great entertainment. Now, there has been some comments in the chat about eight points being too much for a reverse grid scenario. I agree. Maybe the points then need uh, to be yeah. t- taken down again a little bit. Maybe it's five for the victory. I don't know. But I think it's worth trying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it would be better But if we want entertainment and we want, you know, Hamilton and Perez coming through the field, that's exactly the kind of stuff we're going to see. Yeah, of course, this Formula One team said, they don't want to risk damage, but they risk damage every single race weekend, racing just in general. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's worth trying. That's all I'm saying, um, because they tried with the sprint. They've tried a hundred different qualifying formats over the years. Why not test a reverse grid top eight or something like that? Um, So, yeah. That is uh, probably the final thought from me. What's your final thoughts, Katie?
1: As soon as you said final thought, I was like, I'm in the clear. (laughs) Um, My final thought is I am really interested to hear what Sebastian Vettel has done because my man, he has been popping up. He's obviously said something about the FIA or maybe the officials or marshals or something. He said something about someone that's clearly not gone down too well. So... We know Seb can be quite fiery. He doesn't, like, he's very thoughtful in many ways with what he says and how he presents himself. But when he's got something that he's not happy about, getting Canada flashbacks here, you know, he's not afraid to ruffle a few feathers and challenge people. So mm. I am going to enjoy trying to find out what yeah. he's been up Yeah, f- do
0: find that, Katie, do find that. Yeah. Uh, interesting quick uh, comment uh, about the sprint uh, from Thomas Hound 7. Yes, but the sprint was brought in to mix up the grid. I would argue that the sprint
1: is puts the grid out.
0: more yeah. to what we expect because we don't have a Perez in 13th and a Hamilton starting 10th or 9th, sorry, um, tomorrow. We we have Hamilton starting in, what, 6th and Perez 5th or wherever Hamilton ended up. Sorry, 7th, I think it was, by knock-on. Um, so, yeah, I, I, would, I would argue that the sprint doesn't mix up the grid at all uh, and, it, and it does the complete opposite. But hey-ho that's uh it's a it's a big discussion point and not one that i'm saying is uh there's a correct answer to but uh yeah interesting stuff thank you katie for your time thank you to everybody watching live on twitch hashtag wtf1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion come and join us uh, on twitch we are streaming most sessions definitely qualifying and the race uh, for every race weekend uh, so come and check us out wtf1 official and until then enjoy the race tomorrow we'll be live on twitch come and join us in the chat and uh, we'll see you very soon for another podcast slash video slash content slash fun slash Yay. Bye. Bye.